Welcome back to JK Mature, the podcast talking about things that matter to young people. This week we're doing movie reviews and we're talking about how realistic are some famous high school movies. Yeah, so we're yeah, we're analyzing three coming of age stories. Uh one from or yeah, one from the mid eighties and two from the late twenty tens. Uh so right. these movies are uh The Breakfast Club, The Kissing Booth, and Eighth Grade. Yeah, and I think we picked good ones because we do have an older one. We have one that I uh, personally think is not the greatest representation. It's a little cringy. And then the third one, which I think is a pretty good representation of high school and the transition to high school. Yeah. Um, so I think we should start with The Breakfast Club, which, like you said, is from 1985. So a little bit older. And just to give a synopsis, if anybody hasn't seen it, it's just five school students. They have um, detention on a Saturday. And they're all just kind of like from different sections of high school. So we have the rebel, the princess, the outcast, the brain, and a jock. And they all just kind of meet each other and learn about each other and start to see each other differently at the end of the day. And I, don't, I, I love the movie. I don't know what you think about it, Jack. I, I think it's good. I think it's, um, it was really strong for its time. Right. I mean, with anything, there's going to be some outdated things, but I think uh, in large part, it stands the test of time, Mm -hmm. like the really iconic dancing scenes and things like that. And the scene where they, um, they all explain why they're in detention. So I think this movie is especially very iconic and it's very well known in society. It's kind of become a cultural moment. Um, And if you haven't seen it, I think it's a good movie to see. Totally. Uh, so do you want to start with your reviews and how accurate do you think it is to your experience of high school and you think the the wide experience of high school so while it is the quintessential teen movie of the 80s and 90s era it's not particularly accurate at least in my high school experience um but i don't think it would be for most people or most teenagers at this point yeah, especially in our our age, right? Yeah, I don't think they do uh, detention on weekends anymore. <laughs> I don't think they can keep you no. outside of school hours. Yeah, but I guess they just had to give a reason why there was nobody else around, so that part makes sense, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. What did you think about it? Um, I think part of it was, especially for me, I used to categorize people a lot, partly because of movies like this and other books that I was reading, and so I think it it's changed a lot from that kind of categorization of you can't be a jock and a brain and that. And so I think that it really shows the growth that high school has found, especially going to for us in art school, right? There wasn't a lot of distinction between, oh, this person gets A's and that's all they are. Like you can be part of the arts and the drama and you still get like straight A's or you still on the football team. And it's just yeah. funny to me to look back on that. <laughs> I, I wonder if it was an intentional categorization kind of like dividing uh, the blurred lines into clear right. archetypes almost just so it's easier for people to understand. Yeah. Because I, I find it hard to believe that cliques could ever be so divided. Yeah. I, don't know. I read a lot of books where it was so divided and that's part of me going into high school. I thought you could be only one. You get to choose your niche, but that's not <laughs> yeah. how it yeah virtually everyone we know is a mixture of all these different qualities absolutely 
I think there are some very important tropes in the movie as well. Um, again, I find it funny that they end up like smoking weed in the library. And now that's just like a normal thing for us. But like yeah, some that, other tropes. Are... That's something people do all the time. Yeah. <laughs> did Love I high guess. school, man. <laughs> um, so did you have any kind of specific thoughts? Um, I think you're right. It is like obviously a bit outdated and that's just how it's going to be. Want to give credit where credit is due. The Breakfast Club was directed by John Hughes, who is known for some other famous uh, teen movies like 16 Candles and Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Right. Uh, those kinds of movies are like, they all fit into that category within the 80s and 90s. You know, you've got uh, those three and then like Dazed and Confused with Matthew McConaughey or Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Right. And they all, they're all classics, but they all have basically the same view of high school. Yeah. And half of them had Molly Ringwald in it. So (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) she she was big and then I guess she kind of died. Well, she's actually in our next movie too. I forget oh my gosh, is. I forgot. She's the mother of uh, these two. Anyways, we'll get into that in a minute. So I would give, for accuracy, The Breakfast Club, probably like a four out of ten. Um, just because, you know, you can't keep people after school and The Division is very non-existent now. But I think for enjoyment, I would probably give it a seven or eight. I really, really love this movie. Even in just nostalgia. I get nostalgia from it, even though I wasn't alive when it was created. Okay, yeah. I like that rating. Uh, I would rate it also a four for accuracy. Um, I'm not as connected to it as you seem to be. I only watched it like two years ago. Yeah. So uh, I'd give it like a five or six. That's fair. I guess I think I watched it with my mom the first time and having her be able to like recollect how much she liked this movie when she was growing up not growing up she's when she liked watching it um that must have given me more nostalgia for that too as well right all right uh so the molly ringwald segue will bring us to the next movie kissing booth oh boy Uh, this movie dios mio yeah i will be honest not my favorite movie for a lot of reasons um for a synopsis, it, it was 2018, and then they had the new one, I think, come out earlier this year or last year. I forget. Yeah, sorry. it was this year. Oh, gosh. For some reason, they're also making a third one next year. <sighs> I don't know, man. I guess it's just money. But the way I had to summarize this synopsis, it was generally like it was genuinely a half a page longer than um, what I wrote down. <laughs> it was ridiculously long but to summarize the story there is this girl named Elle and she is friends with Lee and then there's also Lee's older brother Noah and these are like the three main characters so Elle likes Noah the older brother but can't date him because of the friendship rules that her and Lee have created and so what kicks off the rest of the story is that one day Elle rips her pants and then has to go to school in a super short skirt and then gets uh, sexually assaulted when someone touches her, her butt. And then Noah ends up fighting the guy who did it. But then the guy who sexually assaulted her asks her on a date and then doesn't show up because apparently Noah's been keeping people away from her. 
and then um ellen lee for like a school fundraiser decided to set up a kissing booth and ella ends up kissing noah because of you know shenanigans and they start a relationship with the condition that lee never finds out and of course he does and they get no fight and then ellen lee eventually make up and then the weird ending is that i guess l was driving lee to uh the airport but it was actually noah in a costume and it switched places with lee and then uh l had admitted her feelings to who she thought was lee and then they just end up getting back together and that there you go bizarre there was so much more also but, wait why did she did she agree to go on the date with the guy yeah. who sexually assaulted what the f- <laughs> yeah that's that, about the reaction i had too that's so dumb well the the reason he there the reason she decides to go on the date with him is because he apologizes and then she says like he has to do something to make up for it and he walks into class with a skirt and that's how he gets the date it's just all over ridiculous. Oh, yeah. And this movie is teaching young predators yeah. that it's like, it's okay to get to, to do that stuff as long as you yeah. are open it's, for a little humiliation. It's not okay. That part of the movie especially um, makes me lower the rating. But overall, I can't give it points off for it being cringy and like this dumb sort of like rom-com. To be honest, I do like a couple like... You have a soft spot, or me personally, I have a soft spot for rom-coms just because they're, you turn off your, your brain movies, right? I have a soft spot for good rom-coms. Oh, I'm sorry. Some of us don't have standards. That's not a brag. Yeah, you're right. Like, there is some problematic parts of it. And overall, I don't think the story was well done. I don't think the cinematography was done well. And I don't think it's very accurate. Like, it's very overdone, a lot of the movie. (laughs) Yeah, I, um you know, in my notes about this movie. I also didn't like it. I think it's right. a bad movie. Um, it's like the kind of hallmark Netflix original team yeah, rom-com that they just churn out over and over and over again. This is this one's the odd one out because it doesn't have uh, Noah Centineo in it. Yeah. Um, I mean, Gosh. it's got a character named Noah, but, you know. There's no correlation. Yeah, uh, I think part of, like, it, it does stray for accuracy, so it gets points off, because it the way some of the stuff goes about in this movie, it's just, it, again, it is so overdone, you can't believe any school is like this. It's ridiculous. And, and uh, like, a kissing booth is so unsanitary. I don't think any school has had that since, like, no. 1986. Yeah, that part seems especially unrealistic because they have blindfolds on. And so, like, even if you are agreeing to kiss like, these people, it's, it's still, I don't know, it makes me uncomfortable just the thought, like, someone could go further than these people have agreed to. And, like, it's so easy to take advantage yeah, of it just, being in that situation. It just doesn't seem real. Like, it doesn't seem plausible that a school no. would allow something like that anymore. I mean, I give them tiny like minuscule points for it not just being a bunch of hot girls there are like there is both guys and girls and then and then so like you get point point like point zero 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 one percent points for that movie good job so uh once again giving credit to the director vince marcello or marcello not sure how it's pronounced um i'll give you credit vince even though i don't like your movie at all 
And just to make a little end cap, they did for the second movie, I did end up watching it because I saw it literally everywhere. Um, and they made it even more problematic by adding in the, the sympathetic gay couple. Which oh. Is, yeah. At least there's a couple. Usually it's just the gay best friend. No, they made it, uh, Elle compares her feeling like uh, Noah is cheating on her. There is, again, it's the way they portray it, yes, it is plausible that he's cheating on her. The whole second movie, it could be solved if they just had a conversation, like adults, like genuinely, if they just paused everything for 20 minutes. But then she like compares uh, her struggle with like talking to her boyfriend, just having a normal conversation with this guy wanting to come out and like be in a relationship. And it, it makes me like viscerally angry <laughs> because they're not the same things at all. Yeah, I don't even have a comment on that. That's just stupid. Yeah, there's just an, there's your end note. <laughs> um, but next, we have a very good movie. Yes. Oh, we have to give her points. One sec. <laughs> oh, yeah, points. You do your points. <laughs> so, uh, in terms of realism, I give this movie a negative four. And <laughs> in terms of enjoyment, I give this movie a two because the only source of enjoyment was when the movie ended. <laughs> also, fun fact, uh, the actress who plays Elle, Joey King, played a young Talia al Ghul in The Dark Knight Rises, which is a good movie, if you're interested. Thank you, but unlikely. Um, I will probably have to agree with you and say that accuracy is in the negatives because of how cheesy it is. But for me, my enjoyment was one, because I also had to watch the second movie. Not had to, but I also did watch the second movie, and it, it made me very upset and angry at every single character. So, Yeah, well, stay tuned for number three. Maybe that number will get even lower. Uh, I hope not. <laughs> but speaking of numbers, we're on to our third movie, which is Eighth Grade. I like this movie. It was good. I thought it was a fantastic movie. Yeah, it was in 2018. So again, pretty recently. It's amazing. This came out the same year. And it's so much better. So much better. <laughs> Incredible. Um, to read out the tiny synopsis, 13-year-old Kayla endures the tidal wave of contemporary suburban adolescence as she makes her way through the last week of middle school, the end of her thus far disastrous eighth grade year. Well, that's a lot of long words. <laughs> um, I don't know, I like this movie that we chose it because it is the transition and it shows the transition instead of just now they're in high school. So it's, yeah. a, it's a good perspective. Yeah, but, it's like, it's the first transition that you go through. Right. Like I know we've been talking about high school to life afterwards, but this one is elementary yeah. school or middle school to high school. But you can almost see some of the parallels. Yeah, it's remarkable how similar the transition is, honestly. Um, but I know this is a movie you picked, so do you want to start with your notes? Sure. I'll, I'll start off by saying this movie was directed by Bo Burnham, who is a comedian who got his start on YouTube writing comedy songs, and that heavily inspired him to write this movie. Um, he wrote and directed the movie uh, okay. because he got famous when he was 18 on YouTube, which was like the early days of the internet. And he wanted to do something that explored kids and their interaction in the internet age and how uh, teens and preteens assume that 
you know, because they're part of that internet age and there are famous teen celebrities like them, that they can get there too. And right. uh, Kayla, the girl in the movie, has her own YouTube channel and she, you know, talks about routine and things like how to make friends at school. And she has yeah. four subscribers. Yeah. She, I, Kayla is a very well-written character, to be honest. I've watched this movie, this is the most recent movie, so I have more notes on this than any other movie, to be honest. But I'm very glad that you chose this movie. Go off. Tell us Go. your thoughts. Um, so, uh, so, to start off with Kayla, I did think she was a little aggressive in general, and her dad's a bit of a pushover, but I think they also portrayed how easily you can be pissed off when you're at that age, especially with, you know, puberty, you're transitioning, there's so much anxiety, and she portrays that really well. Um, yeah, and it's it's worth noting that uh, it's just her and her dad, like, she doesn't have, her mom's not in the picture. Right. So, it's especially hard if you're, like, a teenage girl in a household with just your dad. Yeah. Sorry, Dentro, go ahead. No, <laughs> Um, I did find it a little weird because originally she, when she, they have a, like a transition day and she shadows a high schooler, I thought um, Olivia, who was the person she was shadowing, I thought she would be like grade 10 maybe. That way she can have kind of a newer perspective, but no, she's a grade 12. And then they like hang out later with Olivia's group of friends. And so I thought that was just a little weird because it's such a large age gap. And I don't know why Olivia would want to hang out in that, like just in the mentorship position i get but as a friend it, i just found it a little awkward it's it's sweet if you look at it as olivia being kind to this young awkward kayla who's like four years younger than her right um but realistically even the nicest people just wouldn't want to hang out with someone four years younger than them usually right well you're in a different like stage of your life right? yeah like you're about to become an adult and this person's about to become a teenager it's, yeah it's a weird uh you're right it is a weird gap yeah either way but i also i liked olivia because they portrayed her as just as awkward and uncomfortable being around kayla just you can sense how even being four years older she's not like the completely sure of herself that we see in every other teen movie is like the walking down the hall and the hair is blowing backwards. She's just as uncertain and uncomfortable to a point, right? Right, totally. You see her, you see her like calling out to friends and showing off to, in front of like this grade, this grade eight. And it, it's very accurate from yeah. what I know. The one thing we all learn in the end is that we were cringy the whole time. Yeah. You never get any cooler. You just stop worrying about it eventually. Yeah. So I, li I like that. Olivia, she's an interesting character. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think I should let you talk about the car scene to start. Right, so if you haven't seen the movie, there's a scene in which Kayla is being driven home after hanging out with Olivia and all her other grade 12 friends. And as we said earlier, Kayla is 13, the rest of them are 17, 18. And the one guy who's driving he drops everyone else off except Kayla. And then in like a very realistic and incredibly uncomfortable scene, he asks her to play like 
truth or dare. And then he, yeah, it's, it's it's hard to describe like he, he doesn't he takes his, right, yeah. Yeah, he takes his shirt off and he comes into the back seat with her and stuff, and she's clearly really uncomfortable. And then he just gets pissed off at her when she's not showing signals of interest back. Yeah, but he does. Yeah, like he's he's a different type of asshole. Like he lets her leave, yeah. but he makes her think it was her fault. Yeah, for uh, like leading him on or something. It's it's a very accurate scene, but it's it is disgusting to watch, and I think they did a good job in that sense because I was genuinely yelling at the screen at how terrible. Um, I thought he was in being because especially as he's driving her home she's still in the backseat like she's a little kid and he's like gaslighting her and it's just it is horrible to watch and so terrible to even imagine it happening happening outside of that but they did a good job yeah I would strongly recommend watching this movie if you haven't already yeah uh it's I could really very hard to everything in this movie almost. Kayla is basically me. It's very weird to be called out like that. I feel like everyone can find a part of themselves in this movie. Like, yeah. Especially being one of the first generations to kind of grow up with the internet as a given. Right. It, it's very. Like we, we know more than many what it's like to constantly be performing. Right. Absolutely. Um, so at the end, there is, um, she meets up with someone her, her own age. I think she met at a pool party that she went to. It was very uncomfortable. Um, and it is incredibly awkward, but it's the good kind of awkward because you can tell how excited they are to be friends and how hard they're trying. And it's like so sweet to watch them. Really it is. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, they, they play it so well. And it's exactly how it is like to be sitting and trying to make friends with someone you know nothing about. And you're just trying so hard to be, like, cool. And then they actually open up and are like, am I being too quiet? Like, they're asking each other. And that was awesome to see. It's, it's, so, it's so well written. And uh, I know you, you said you really liked seeing the kids being portrayed as kids. Yeah. Like, I mean, I think another person who deserves credit, I don't know their name, but the casting director. Oh, absolutely. They did a great job. Unlike, you know, Netflix, the Netflix movies we were talking about just before. These people, the actors are actually the age of the characters. Like Elsie Fisher, the girl who plays Kayla, was 13 when the movie was being shot. She does a great job because she is the age, right? And like I said, like, I should not, the feelings I got of seeing someone be that age on the screen makes me so stupidly happy. And it's dumb. Like, I shouldn't be so excited at watching, like, people play the age as they are. Because it gives, like, ridiculous standards, especially, like, for example, Riverdale. They have, like, 20-year-olds playing 17-year-olds. And it's not healthy. But, like... That these these actors they look like they should be in eighth grade. They look like sh- they should be experiencing this, and you could, they go through like you can see they have pimples, and you can see like they have imperfect teeth, and they're not getting braces yet. Like because they they're they're kids. Yeah. yeah. Like they didn't make them look any older than they should be. 
and it just makes me very happy. <laughs> yeah, um, this is by far one of my favorite coming of age stories. It's amazing. I, I genuinely think you're correct. Everyone can relate to this. So I think for me, for accuracy, I would probably give this like a nine, especially because I felt so called out. Like we had so many of the same experiences and it was really genuinely weird. Like we had the same pool party. She portrayed it really well and how I was feeling because short story, uh, I went to a pool party. I ended up uh, falling off a slide and smashing my head in front of the person I had a crush on so uh that was fun <laughs> so they had the pool party scene and I was laughing very hard at myself um so I would probably give a nine for accuracy and probably I'd say an, an eight for um, enjoyment just because there are moments where you have to realize that it's so realistic especially with the car scene so it, it does lessen your enjoyment because you're taken out of the movie for a bit but it's not any less of a good movie if that makes sense yeah, I I would agree. I would say nine, nine and a half for uh, realism. Right. And for enjoyment, I would say anywhere from seven to ten, depends on what mood I'm in. That's uh, fair. Because while it is so, it's such a fantastic uh, movie for storytelling, it becomes so realistic to the point where I forget that it's a movie and I feel like I'm just watching a documentary on actual 13-year-olds. Right. Which I would be like, okay, that's kind of boring. But no, it's, it's, it's fantastic. So there we go. I think next week we have three more movies following the same formula. We have an older one, we have a cringy one, and then we have a good one. So we will be back next week. I'm looking weeks. forward to this. So until next week when we continue to review movies... Uh, this has been Jack and Kay for JK We're Mature. Uh, now in our Instagram bio and YouTube, we have uh, an option for you to submit ideas for podcast episodes. Uh, so if you're interested in that or you have any ideas you'd like to share, uh, please submit them and we will do our best to accommodate. Uh, thanks for listening and we hope you have a great night.